Hey, welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast with me, Rob Kosberg. Every week, I interview thought leaders and experts who have used the book to grow their income and their impact. So tune in weekly for these interviews so you can learn how to use your own best-selling book and go from hunting for clients and opportunities to instead being the hunted. All right. Hey, welcome, everybody. It's Rob Kosberg here. Excited to be back with you for another episode of the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. Got a great guest for you today that I think you're going to learn a great deal from. I have a number of uh, questions about the things that he's done, but um, Tom Freiling is a 30-year veteran of the book publishing industry. His books have sold millions of copies. He was uh, the industry-leading digital publishing company that uh, he founded, earned revenues of more than $75 million a year. It was eventually acquired by a NASDAQ-listed company. Uh, he's been published by Thomas Nelson, Harper Collins. Uh, he's a member of the John Maxwell team. We have a lot of potential synergies, uh, he and I, and uh, he's kind of worked more in the traditional publishing space. So I'm really excited about talking to you today, Tom, and, and having you on the podcast. So thanks so much for being a part of it. Thanks for having me, Rob. It's good to speak with you today. And um, it makes me sound really old when you say 30 years, but it is, it's true. So, you know, it's what your bio said. I I wondered that too. I mean, I thought I would uh, be speaking to somebody that was a lot older, but you know, you look younger than me. (laughs) Well, publishing will do that to you, I guess, right? (laughs) I, I guess it will. I guess it will. No, it's good to have you on. I mean, you've done some really cool things. Um, Talk to me a little bit about uh, the traditional publishing industry. That's the industry that you were in uh, prior to your um, your publishing company being sold, and congratulations on that. You know, compare that uh, to what's going on in the hybrid or self-publishing world today. You know, talk me through what you see as the positive and negatives of both. Yeah, traditional publishing, is, it's changed a lot, you know, obviously, of course, over the last 10, 20, 30 years. Even over the last five to seven years, there's there's been a lot of change. And, you know, I think we can attribute most of that to the demise of the bookstore. Yeah. Um, you know, it used to be we would all, um, well, at least myself, probably you too, I'd Me go too. to bookstores all the time. Yeah. You know? But most of us don't even have a bookstore near us anymore. So that's had a lot of consequences for the traditional publisher. Traditional publishing, before the demise of the bookstore, the bookstores were the gatekeepers, right? They were the key holders for their titles. And the primary job task of a traditional publisher was to get books in the bookstores right? and to get them, you know, front and center stacked high on the front table. And if they could do that, they could sell a lot of books. Well, um, that's just not the case anymore. So for better or for worse, actually, probably for the worse for traditional publishers, We are now all, you know, beholden to Amazon and the other online booksellers. So, you know, from my perspective is that this is a good thing for authors. It puts all authors essentially on the same level, right? You can be a brand new author. Nobody's ever heard of you before. And in many ways, you're in the exact same playing field as an experienced, more, uh, you know, successful author. How good is Uh, that? So that's a good thing. Yeah. And um, so I also feel that um, traditional publishers don't have the leverage that they used to have just in terms of being able to promote, market, and publicize a title. I, I Again, it's really for the same reasons. 
but I, I feel that um, an educated author, by educated, I mean somebody who, who's taken the time to understand the business and somebody who works with somebody else who understands the business can certainly be as effective as a traditional publisher can be these yeah. days. Now, you know, traditional houses, they still have titles where they're selling tens and tens and or hundreds of thousands of copies. But by and large, that's not the case anymore. Yeah. So early in my career, I could sell five or 10,000 copies of just about anything. Yeah. That's not the case anymore either. So, um, you know, it takes a little more smarts, a little more savvy than it used to. Mm, love that. I couldn't agree more. I think as the world is, has moved online and certainly as uh, bookstores have closed and as Amazon has opened the floodgate, which is both good and bad, right? Now, now there's more to compete against, but you're not so much competing against a book that's potentially better. You're really competing against the fact that you may your book may never be seen because it gets lost in a sea of opportunity. And so there's a lot more that needs to be done from a, a marketing perspective, you know, even if you have a, a smallish or no platform, as you said, you can kind of stand on, you know, on uh, the same level playing field, level ground. So, you know, maybe talk to us a little bit about that. So how, what would you say are some of the best ways that an unknown author could sell more copies, become more well-known and, and build their platform? Sure. And the great thing about that these days is it doesn't cost very much money. In fact, if you're just using social media, I say just, that's not a small thing. Right. There's really no cost involved. It's the cost of your own time. Right. So I, I think, you know, by and large, the easiest, most efficient, effective way to build a platform is using social media. Yeah. And I know that a lot of authors do that. A lot of us do that. I think the key to that is really regularity, constancy. You have to post good content a lot. Yeah. And, you know, if you're very regular about it, you make it a habit and, and your content is strong, you're going to get a following, right? But I find oftentimes authors kind of poop out a little bit too early, get a little frustrated. They're not building the audience. And I encourage them to keep at it. And, you know, you will find your audience if you keep at it. You'll, you, you'll learn a lot as you go. You'll learn, you'll learn what users like, what they don't like, right. works what doesn't work. But it is free in terms of, you know, it doesn't cost you a dime to open a, an account on Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram. Right. And it's just your time. And if you've written a book, you already have a lot of content. So just extract the content out of your book, maybe tweak it a little bit, post two or three times a day, keep on doing it. And after a while, you're going you're, you're gonna to get a following. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a bit of an uphill challenge at first. You just have to be patient about it. Right. Yeah, I, I often think, you know, uh, Joe Rogan has the most popular podcast in the country, maybe the world. You know, Joe was pretty unknown, even though he was a, a celebrity, maybe a B or C list celebrity, doing Fear Factor and some of those things. But for, as a podcaster, he was pretty unknown until he wasn't. And then everybody had heard of him. But he's done something like 1,300 podcast episodes. You know, that is a lot of content that he's put out there. And each, each of his podcasts is hours long. So, yeah, I mean, you have to be willing to pay that price if you're not going to pay with your dollars and, and your cents, right? Are there other ways? Uh, are there some, some things that you would suggest if somebody's willing to write a check and pay a little bit of money for advertising, PR, et cetera? Sure. You know, lately I've been advising authors to give books away. I know it sounds a little crazy, but it's 
It really is all about uh, getting over that hump, getting yeah. enough readers to talk about your book to other people, right? It's, it's, it's all about word of mouth. And maybe, you have to think about this one, but maybe the best, most effective way to do that is to give away enough books to get enough people reading it to get that started, get the dom- you know the dominoes yeah. going. Yeah, and uh, it certainly is a very efficient way to get readers quickly. So you know maybe rather than thinking about how do I market my book, maybe the question is how do I get people to read my book. And maybe the answer is to give some copies away to get them to get them reading it, nice. especially if they're influencers, right? Yeah. Gatekeepers, key holders, whether that's a business leader, a nonprofit leader, a pastor, a ministry leader, a political leader. Uh, sometimes it just takes that one important influencer to like or love your book and they tell other people about it and spread the word for you. Then certainly that can be a very effective way to get the word out. Love it. Love it. You, uh, you've worked with some influencers, professional athletes, politicians. For curiosity's sake, most interesting one, most interesting book that you've done? I mean, what are some of them that come to your mind and why? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I would say one of the most interesting books I worked on was a memoir, an autobiography by Dan Peake, who is was the founder of the band uh, America, really? uh, which was a, a huge band in the 70s, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the biggest bands of the 70s. He was the founding member of the band. So Dan was a fascinating guy to work with. This was a while back, but he he still looked and sounded and felt like a, a hippie left over from the 60s, right? Yeah. And um, anyway, he was an extraordinarily humble guy, very fun and easy to work with. And he had a pretty extraordinary story. Uh, the funny thing is that we were in Denver for a book signing, a planned book signing, and his car broke down on the highway somewhere in, we were in Denver. It was somewhere in Colorado, but it was not very close to the bookstore. He did finally make it. And I asked him how he made it. And he said he hitchhiked, you know, like he'd always done. So hitchhiking, of course, was fun in the 60s and 70s, right? But you yeah. don't see many people doing it these days. But he hitchhiked his way to the book signing. How funny. Um, and still what, had the, what's the title of that book? I think it was just called America, I believe. Well, that's a perfect title. That's what I was thinking yeah. it was, but I wanted to double check. <laughs> that's a great question. America, maybe the American band. But, you know, Dan's story was one of, uh, Dan had a really hard childhood. Mm. Um, he was very sick as a child. And um, then after, you know, he uh, he hit stardom, his life really went went bad, you know, alcohol and drugs. And he was not not a happy person at all. And he literally gave up everything to save his own life. So he left the band, left music, um, really at a time when he was at the verge of of like even, you know, Beatles level, you know, celebrityism. They were really get really getting big. So he gave it all up and uh, got his life worked out, straightened out. And uh, he and his wife lived on a small farm in Missouri for many, many years after that. So anyway, it was a really fun experience. Dan passed away, I don't know, maybe three or five years ago, um, sadly. But that was probably my most interesting publishing experience. Very cool. Very cool. You know, um, in our industry, there are so many moving parts. You know, there's writers, there's editors, there's people that handle the graphics and the design, people that do the ads and the press releases. 
and maybe a lot of them are doing this on their own and and people that are listening to this podcast are trying to figure out how to how can I write how can I get my book edited etc whether someone listening is is one or the other a writer that wants more writing work or a or a person writing themselves trying to figure it out what advice would you give uh, somebody in that situation how to get more opportunities for writing for editing if that's what you do or on the other hand how to figure out how to finally get your book completed, et cetera. Are there synergies between these kinds of people? Are there maybe some tools that you could share about that? Sure, there are. And I think what I would say is try not to go it all alone. You know, we, we live in a day and age where you can do almost anything, at least try to do anything on your own, whether it's fix a leaky faucet or draw up a will. Yeah. You, you can go to YouTube or you can Google just about anything. But I, I really believe too many of us think things are easier than they are. Yeah. And just because you watch a video on YouTube or you Google something does not make you an expert. Yeah. You and can't if you're fill gonna, a tooth just because you watch the video on it, huh? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if you're going to pour your, your heart and soul into writing a book, then at very minimum, find somebody who really understands the business, right? Who really right. knows what they're doing to get them to help you. I, I have you know, counseled many, many authors who didn't do that and did it all by themselves and then later regretted it because they made just one mistake, right? Yeah. Sometimes you just make one small error and it can ruin you know, the, whole, the whole project. So yeah, I just encourage folks to find somebody or somebody who's been there, done that and understands the business, right? Yeah. Because it is a business and it's an industry. It's not just an art form. That's my number one piece of advice. And and even if it costs a little bit more to do it that way, at the end of the day, it might cost you less than yes. more because you're not going to make any mistakes, right? That is really good advice. You know, I'm, I have so many different examples in my own mind, both personally and of my clients. I have a client, I won't say who it is, uh, and, and a good friend who's written multiple New York Times bestsellers. And this person signed an agreement with a partner and didn't really pay great attention. This was a very, very trusted, quote-unquote, partner. Basically signed away half of everything, Um, Mm. not just the book, but the rights and rights of anything that would come from it. And it was a mistake that ended up costing millions of dollars because there was really never an intention behind that. But, you know, that's great advice. you got to be careful. And uh, oftentimes, you know, you become very penny-wise and pound-foolish as the old saying goes. So well said. I like that. Um, it's a more complicated business than, you know, than than it than it appears on the front end, especially yeah. these days, for sure. Yeah. yeah, you know, there are, you know, it's going along with this this for just another moment. There are a number of quote unquote traditional publishers that, you know, will sign you to uh, publish your book for nothing more than paying for the editing and the design of your book. And they get 80% of the rights, royalties, and control of it. And all they're doing is having an in-house editor go through it for you. For eternity, by the way. For, for eternity. eternity. And you uh-huh. can't do anything with the rights. Uh, yeah. They own it. It's, it's you know, I don't know why someone would do that. It always seems strange to me from a business perspective. But I think, and maybe you could even comment on this a little, what I have seen of the people that seem to fall into this is it's not so much a monetary thing as it is this issue of pride around this publisher, this traditional publisher wants me. And Mm -hmm. even though what they're giving you, 
I mean, it, they're trading a you know beanie baby for a BMW. Uh, <laughs> it just seems mind blowing. I I don't know why anyone would would do that with their you know with their content, not just their book, but their IP. I don't know. Do you, have you run across situations like this? What, what would yeah, you say? For sure. And in fact, sometimes, maybe all the time, authors believe that that these larger houses, whoever they might be, um, are going to spend a lot of time with them marketing and right. publicizing the book. I've been published by four traditional houses. I can I can say with fullest confidence that I never heard from any of them after my book was published. <laughs> and you're so in the I business. Was, I wasn't <laughs> upset because I knew that I knew that's what was going to happen, right? right. That's, that is the business. You know, essentially a traditional house, what they do, they throw as much stuff out there as they can and hope that something sticks. Right. That's really, that's their business model. So, and it does, that's, it works for them, but they're not going to pay, you know, much attention to any particular single author or single title. Yeah. They're going to put it out there. What does putting it out there mean now? It means putting it on Amazon. Right. That's really what it means. Yeah. Which a hybrid publisher could uh, do just as effectively and probably spend a lot more time with you individually yeah. to make the project successful. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of a, the, a dirty little secret in traditional publishing that I understood, but many authors are shocked. Yeah, don't hear from their publisher. Yeah, it is shocking. I mean, I, I, I often will get somebody that traditionally publishes and then comes to me for marketing help because the publisher hasn't done anything, and then I ask about their publishing deal. In essence, their publishing deal was they paid for my editing or they did the design work. There was, there's nothing, no, or maybe uh, very, very common is a check for, you know, 5,000 bucks or less, but then a requirement in essence to invest all of that in buying the books back, uh, which is another dirty secret, right? Filling your garage. Uh, right. The most I ever ran across was someone came to us and said, because we do marketing besides the ghostwriting and those other things, but they, they said, uh, I have 8,000 books in my garage. How can you help me? Uh, I was like, oh my gosh, you poor dude. <laughs> too late. Too late, right? Oh my. No, it's it's not uncommon. It's not yeah. uncommon. Yeah. yeah. Good. Let's change gears and let's talk about, you know, we, we talk about the writing of the books. We talk about the publishing of the books. But, you know, we all are doing that for a reason. We're doing it. If we think from the standpoint of making an impact on society, we're doing it for the reader. But truth be told, we're doing it for ourselves as well. We, we want our books to make an impact on our way of life. We want our books to make money. We want our books to be successful. What are you know some great examples, stories of various successes that came, whether obvious or not so obvious, that came from uh, your clients, your own books, et cetera? Would, would love to hear a little bit about that. That's a great question. I helped AC Green publish a book once. AC Green was a three-time NBA Los Angeles Laker, sure. three-time NBA champion Los Angeles Laker. And AC was, uh, man, he was the humblest of guys, like, you know, sitting at a table with him. He didn't feel like a competitive beast like he was on the court. Right. But, in, but he was a very um, extremely ethical, high-integrity high morals individual and he wanted to um he wanted to write a book not really his about his life story although some of it was but 
it was really about how to be how to be a person of, in, of integrity, right? And the book was aimed at really aimed at young people, probably more young men than than anything. And it was a cool project to be a part of, be, you know, because of that. And I know that he was a hero. Many sports fans and young kids, you know, looked at him as a hero on the basketball court. But you know, he did such a great job of of helping people understand, especially guys what it means to live a life of integrity. Mm. And of course, the book sold very well because of who he was, right? And who he is. But to what you just asked, the end result was it helped a lot of people understand that it wasn't just all about the game, right? It was about life. Right. And he was a hero both on the court and off the court. So that's 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 one example that comes to mind. And of course, you know, he's a really, you know, at the time and still is a well-known guy. So yeah, of course, it's going to make an impact. But it, it wasn't just that it made an impact. It was the kind of impact that the book made on other people. Yeah. And, you know, I like to remind authors that when your book changes one life, then it, it also changes all the lives around that one life, right? It changes the lives of family members and friends and co-workers, right? Maybe folks at church. So you're not just impacting the readers, but you're impacting a much, much broader community of people that interact and engage with that reader on any given day. So, you know, books change lives more than, I think, more than anything. I certainly yeah. have never met anybody who said a music or a movie changed their life. Right. But as almost all of us can point to at least one book that maybe didn't change our life, but maybe changed the direction of our life in some way. Yeah. I don't think there's any question about that. Well said, my friend. Awesome. So, you know, let's let's give some links. Uh, where can our listeners uh, learn a little bit about you, Tom, and and what you do and, and how you can help them? I know you're a, a John Maxwell certified coach as well and do a number of things around these, uh, around uh, publishing, et cetera. So where can our listeners learn a little bit more? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's real simple. It's Freiling.agency, and that's F-R-E-I-L-I-N-G, Freiling.agency. And yeah, I really you know appreciate you asking, appreciate the time together. I think book publishing is, it's in my blood. It's what I've always done. It's what I'll always do. And um, always love to chat with anybody and everybody about it, for sure. Awesome. Well, Tom, great to have you on. Thanks for, uh, for sharing genuinely and uh, obviously letting your passion come out about what you do. Uh, it is a fun and crazy industry. Love the AC Green stuff as well. Uh, always a big fan of his. So thanks so much for being on. And uh, obviously, Agency for anybody interested in learning a little bit more. Thanks again for being a part of the Published Pro Profit Podcast. Sounds great, Rob. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You too.